0: And the thing is if you continue your heavy drinking, even though you think right now your sex is going to be good, when you start having the neurotoxic effects and then you can have to beat diabetes and other diseases that are linked to this, you're not going to be so sexy and your sex life may be non-existent. So for the long term of your sex life and your sexual health and just your physical health, it's really so important for your longevity, for your lifespan, for the quality of your life. For your relationships because you you may think everything is okay but you're just numbing out and disconnecting with alcohol so why are you using that what are you escaping from what are you afraid of are you afraid to connect intimately with someone you know why is it that that is your choice what are you having shame about like there's something there that you're choosing that to numb yourself and disconnect
1: Okay, folks, not too much housekeeping today because I am hungry and I want to go and eat some food. So I'm going to quickly bash this up. But before I do, there is a loneliness and connection workshop. Let me just get the date to be sure. It's the first live online workshop that I'm going to be running every month. I plan to create a whole host of these things uh, to use has supplementary education to the 1000 Days Sober experience. But if you're not taking the 1000 Days Sober experience, then this is the next best thing for you. So if you go over to 1000 Days Sober, the, web, the website, which is www1000 uh, dayssobercom and head to the workshop page, you can sign up for the Understanding Loneliness and Connection Workshop I'm going to, it's going to be running for two hours. It's a, a long one, but we're going to cover a lot of good stuff in there uh, around loneliness and connection. Uh, the price is 40 pounds, a great British pounds. So 40 quid. All right. So get over there and have a good look at it. If you are a Striver, if you're a paid member of Strive, then you get 50% off and it's 20, 20 quid for you. All right. So that's the Understanding Loneliness and Connection workshop, July 28th, 1130. Pacific time. All right. Now, on to our guest today. Dominic DeVita is a certified transformational tantra coach and registered nurse who teaches her clients how to love themselves deeply while healing emotional wounds and intimacy blocks. She guides others to master their sexual energy and use it to empower their lives and experience deep intimacy and connection. She teaches the art of sexual transmutation which was discussed in chapter 11 of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a fantastic book that I've read. she believes that males who aren't slaves to their sexual urges are focused men. Focused men are powerful men. She uses ancient tools and techniques to guide you to tap into your intimate power, techniques that were used by such luminaries as uh, Nicholas Tesla, Steve Jobs, Einstein, and Thomas Edison. All of them used their sexual energy to tap into their creative genius. Uh, Her male clients learn to separate their orgasm from their ejaculation, and they become multi-orgasmic and are able to last for hours and feel energized after sex instead of feeling drained. This gives them more energy and focus to pursue life's passions, plus they learn to experience more passion with their partners. She has over 20 years as a registered nurse specializing in cardiac and surgical care. From open-heart surgery to birth and death, she intimately understands humans' biggest fears and deepest regrets, Dominique wants you to have live your life fully and passionately before taking your last breath. Okay. And we talked about a whole load of things. We talked about pornography and uh, when it is healthy, when it's unhealthy, when it becomes addictive, different types of porn, how porn stimulates the pleasure centers of the mind. We talked about masturbation. We talked about think and grow rich in sexual transmutation. We talked about anorgasmia. We talked about connection and intimacy and vulnerability. We talked about everything. It's absolutely wonderful conversation. If you have any questions for Dominique, then just email me at call at gmail.com. And if you want to get all the show notes, links to everything that Dominique does, then head to www.1000daysober.com to the podcast page, to Dominique's specific podcast page, and there you can just leave your email address. We'll send you the show notes, and we'll send you her a special workbook that you're going to get that we will create, and all of the links. All right? So without further ado, I'm going to shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of Dominique DeVita. Thanks for listening. The Dominique DeVita, how's life? Wonderful. How's life for you? Life for me is fantastic because I get to talk about sex for an hour. And in my world, that doesn't happen that often. Even in my, even in Strive, which is our support group for alcohol, we have Mm -hmm. to create a, a separate section for sex. And then there's a debate about whether it should be private or not, because, you know, it's still one of those massive taboo subjects that um, really doesn't have to be. So I don't get to talk about it enough. So it's good to have you on so I can have a good wag about it.
0: Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. And it's something that I love that I get to talk about it all the time. And I know that it's taboo, but I'm trying to break those barriers because we were all created from sex. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: you know, if it wasn't for sex, we wouldn't be here. So I don't know why there's so much shame about it. If sex didn't exist, we did, we would not exist. So we should be thankful for sex. <laughs>
1: Yes, we should be thankful for sex. Um, so let's start straight out of the gate. What I'm interested in is I spoke to yesterday at an online group meeting, and I was talking to Michael, who's a striver, and I was saying to Michael, "You know, that I'm going to be speaking to Dominique today, and we're going to be talking about you know men's struggle with pornography." And he's and he he was kind of laughing, like he's kind of like like who doesn't like struggle with pornography? He's a man, right? So um, that leads perfectly for for my first question for us to explore is. When does porn use for men, okay, slip from being healthy to unhealthy? And is there a difference between unhealthy porn use and addiction? What where, where are the lines there in your experience?
0: Yeah, it's a really fine line. And before, you know, I'm pretty open-minded regarding porn. You know, I didn't have a lot of shame or judgment about it until I started studying and researching things and realizing some of my, more of my clients that were having porn addictions, how it was impacting erectile dysfunction and other things that would, would, um, arise from that. Right. Then I started looking more into studies and research. And it seems as if, you know, a lot, most porn really is not, does not serve us that very, that, that well, like we need to be really mindful of the types of porn that we consume and how often we do. Now, occasionally, if you consume it, kind of like if you have a cheat meal or you have some junk food, but it's not something you should be doing on a frequent basis because it the neural pathways in your brain, your pleasure pathways, um, they start to respond just to having that overstimulation with so many multiple images. And it impacts your ability to have intimacy and connection with partners, and it can impact your arousal and you know, strength of your orgasms and such. So I did not even realize that. How deep of an impact porn can have on our ability to experience um, intimacy, and for males, you know, to experience erections and things like that. But it's kind of all linked together.
1: So, what would you said there that um, there are certain types of porn that are going to be healthy for us and others that's not so much. So, what would be what what would you say is healthy porn use? I say like. You oh, know,
0: sorry. You know, I- this-
1: Unhealthy types of porn,
0: and that might be my bias. Correct, it could be me putting my bias out here. So I just want to be mindful and and share that. Yeah. But as far as I'm a registered nurse and a tantra coach, so a lot with tantra we work with energy, so the energetics behind things. So if something is really negatively charged, like if we're taking a toxic media, a lot of negative things, it can really lower down our vibration, our energy levels. Because we all vibrate at a certain frequency. So you don't want to do things that lower your vibration. So if you're looking at things where there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of disrespect to the, the males or the females in the scene, you know, and things like that, then that can have a negative impact on you because it's almost like if you're eating junk food, like we, we, our bodies take that in. Just like when we hear a lot of negative words, even in the music that we listen to or what we watch on TV, it's like we're being programmed, so just to be aware of that, you know, there are some things that I enjoy with porn. I always enjoyed things by Andrew Blake. I feel like he's the genius of porn because it's like very artistic, not a lot of bad acting, and it's very visual. And it was something that I, that I really enjoyed. It almost looks like high fashion models or something, you know, with some erotica happening, even like Dita Von Teese did one of his films years ago. And that's how I stumbled across his work. And so for me on occasion, yes, I enjoy watching that. And when I have male clients that are very disconnected from their sexual energy and they're just completely kind of numb from the waist down and they're very much in their logical thinking mind and they've disconnected from their sexuality, their sensuality, I will actually recommend for them to watch porn. I'm like, you need to because you need to get your turn on back. You are so you shut your down, yourself down so much that you need to tap into your turn on. So there are times that it can help us and it can be a tool for us, but we just have to have with everything that we do in life, every choice, every relationship, the food that we eat, what we watch, what we listen to, we have to know what our intention is with it. If is it going to serve us and the impact that it's going to have on us and then make those decisions as to what is the best choice for us.
1: It was really interesting that you mentioned Andrew Blake. Like I like to watch Andrew Blake porn. Like, yeah, I could say I like to watch Quentin Tarantino movies, I like to listen to Max Richter music. <laughs> I have never said I like this type of porn because, for me, the porn industry has changed so much since I first lost my porn virginity. You know, it, it's so ubiquitous. It's become less about models and more about just two people having sex and then whacking it on you porn or something. And and, mm-hmm. and the you know, it, so it really is interesting. That you say a guy's name, but then that that leads towards a healthier use of porn, surely, right?
0: Right. Well, this person actually is an award-winning producer of porn. His is a very high quality. And I actually had a partner I had dated a physician years ago, and he really kind of had a he didn't like porn at all. Hmm. And when I came across Andrew Blake's porn and I showed him it's more like cinematography, it's just very visually fascinating. And I showed him this porn and he was like, where did you find this he's like I've never ever seen porn that I even really enjoy like typical porn he didn't like so mm. it's kind of very kind of artsy high-end It's it's got a different vibe to it totally than what you would typically see so he's won like awards for years but you know what he is actually an alcoholic that's his right. downfall
1: right okay. right maybe he's we can get it maybe we can get him on it and help him out Right, he definitely needs your help. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so that brings up an interesting question, right? So I, I could now afterwards, I could say to myself, well, speaking of Dominique today, and she mentioned this guy, Andrew Blake, so I can go down the Andrew Blake rabbit hole, watch some of his porn. However, I'm on a six month no porn run, right? And I want to talk right. about, I want to talk about that a little bit because it will expand. I think that's great. You'll expand the conversation, yeah. So, why go on a six-month porn sabbatical? I didn't like the way that I was using it. It, I wasn't using it for enjoyment, like, oh, I want to watch some Andrew Blake porn. I was using it at a habit, and I didn't understand the deeper reasoning behind it. So, I stopped. So, a good habit would be, for example, I live in a house with two my two in-laws in the seventies, my wife and my daughter, three-year-old daughter, right? They've all just left the house. Under normal circumstances, this would be a massive trigger for me to watch porn. To literally, for no reason other than they just left the house, I will turn on my laptop, watch some porn, masturbate, ejaculate, and then feel pretty bad about it afterwards, right? So because I was doing that, I really thought to myself, I don't like the energy. I don't like the vibe. I don't like what's going on for me. I'm going to go on a six month sabbatical. So, what do you think about that? I
0: think that's beautiful that you did that and you had that awareness because anything that when we lose the control of our urges and something is having control over us and we're not using it in moderation or in a healthy way, then that's when we have to take a look at that and say, you know, maybe that doesn't serve me. And, you know, this isn't. Giving me, you know, it's in interfering with other things in my life and you're just doing it just based on a habit and based on the fact that the opportunity presented itself. Almost, you know, almost like when you're a kid or a teenager and your parents leave the house, you're just like, okay, I can be bad for a minute. What am I going to do, right? Instead of doing something else that may serve you better. The other impact with porn also is the fact that it desensitizes you because one, you get so stimulated to seeing money shot, money shot, money shot. You're getting this rapid fire sequence of different images. And you're going to see like the breast, the vulva, the ass, like you're just going to keep seeing all these visual downloads so rapidly. Right. Mm. So then when you're being intimate with your partner, and especially like if you're doing missionary, the lights out and you're not getting all this visual stimulation, your body's not going to respond the same. Cause you're, your body's like, Hey, where's all the eye candy we're used to seeing. And you start to have a different response So there's a lot of different levels of that as well. And then a lot of times when males masturbate, they masturbate with their hand with a very firm grip. So then Mm -hmm. you start to desensitize yourself because whenever you're with a female partner and she's very well lubricated, it's not going to be like a super tight hand grip. You know, Mm -hmm. things are going to be lubricated. It's going to be slippery. It's going to be a different sensation. So then that's whenever you're with a female partner, sometimes it can be more challenging because you're not getting like that super grip.
1: That is a really, really interesting point that I'd never thought about before. really interesting. Mm-hmm. When I first thought to myself I had a porn problem uh, mm-hmm. was when my my first wife um, asked for a divorce and I left, and then I fell in love with my new wife, Liza, right And for the first time in my first time in like twenty years. I I had to show a a woman my naked body and and I had to explore another woman's naked body, which was completely different to the naked body of the woman that I just left, right? I had massive sexual dysfunction. So I couldn't get, I would lose erection during intercourse. Uh, I couldn't come for like long, 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 long periods of time. And I was really, really worried this woman who I was just met was just going to, was going to leave me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? You know? And, and it, and it, and I knew, I I didn't know, I knew it was a head problem, but I just couldn't deal with it. And then one day I said to myself, Dominique, I I need to stop watching porn and I need to focus wholly on this woman because now it, 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 it all became about, reaching orgasm as quickly as I could. So I didn't lose my erection, which, oh, yeah. which, which meant everything I was doing was too fast, was not present, was unfocused. Imagine being with someone like that. What, a, what an experience that is for, for a woman. So I, I stopped watching porn. I actually stopped masturbating for a long time, about six months. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it actually helps it, uh since, since I did that, I, I don't have any dysfunction anymore. Uh, do, you, do you want to comment on that at all?
0: Yes. It's, it's like, well, one, there's a, there's a bunch of different things when I help my clients because I help my clients a lot with, I help them with um, erectile dysfunction. I help them with porn addiction and premature ejaculation with all of those things. One thing is when we first learn to masturbate when we're teenagers, we want to do it very quickly to get from point, you know, point A to point B so that our parents don't catch us, right? So then you start to develop this pleasure pathway in your brain and you your brain kind of gets used to you doing things more quickly. And the more that you repeat that with the neuroplasticity of your brain, the deeper, the deeper that groove gets and is embedded, okay? And so that becomes like the pleasure loop that you continue to go through each time that you're having sex. And even whenever you watch porn, there's certain scenes or certain things that you really like and you have a preference to that can get you to ejaculate orgasm more quickly. And the more and more you get your brain and that pathway embedded in, and the more you keep doing it, you keep deepening that groove into your brain, then that that creates that that's the loop and that's your pleasure response. Even with your your wife, your first wife, you still had a way that you would relate to her, the things that you two would share that would stimulate you. And you had developed like a comfort and a confidence level with her. One, you started with her, when you're really young, where arousal and things like that aren't even a challenge when you're in your early twenties or teens and you meet someone, right? It's not even a thing. So then you have that comfort level. You've always had built up a lot of success and you've raised up your confidence so then it's not as much of an issue because you really get comfortable with the, the person and it's not such a challenge. But then when you've gone through a divorce, one, that is a big, you know, change in your life and you have to mourn the loss of that. And then you're getting to, with someone new and now you have some changes in your body. And now I don't know. Also, some of the questions I would ask is like, how long had you, like at what age had you started drinking alcohol? Because you can also have some neurologic, neurogenerative um, changes From the alcohol. Because, you know, like, for example, patients that have diabetes, they get a lot of like peripheral neuropathy and things, issues with their nerve endings, because their blood sugar levels stay so high, and it can be very neurotoxic. Well, when you're drinking a lot of alcohol, it's heavily loaded in sugar. So you're impacting the nerves in your nervous system with your, you know, your sexual response. So all of those things may have factored in, now you're not as confident. It's a new person. You're a little heartbroken because you just, you know, had this loss mm. of someone that you thought we were you're going to stay in, was going to stay in your life. You're starting with someone new, so you're you're not your confidence level is not as high as when you first were with your first partner because you weren't a little more carefree. You weren't as concerned. You hadn't been heartbroken, right? Mm. So all of these variables, a lot of things with our. Our sexual performance, one is about our arousal and what we're thinking and our thinking mind. Do we know how to have a meditative practice? Do we get distracted by a monkey mind? Do we have doubts coming in? Or also we have where, you know, in our our sexual organs, what kind of things are happening there as far as with time, with age, things will change. Mm. And then with other factors like heavy drinking and alcohol. Like heavy drinking also causes it alters your gonadal hormones significantly. So all of those factors and those variables can have different outcomes. No pun intended, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, one thing that came up for me as you was talking then was of course when I was with my first wife, ninety-five percent of the time we're having sex, we're drunk. With oh. my with my new wife never ever drink never drinking. So so that that might be something happening both physically and mentally as well do you think
0: yeah because you're not concerned you're not as self-conscious so if you when you were younger if you had any shame about sexuality if there had been a lot of shame in your household or if she had had your partner had had shame then being able to drink was a was the way that you were able to have sex and I have worked with couples that they would drink very heavily together and be very sexually active because the like in this relationship the female partner she was very disinhibited by drinking alcohol. But whenever she was sober, she had a lot of shame about it. So she'd had years of wonderful sex with her husband. When they both decided to stop drinking, the sex just stopped.
1: Well, that's, a, that's, she- a, that, that's an interesting subjective point, though, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously at 1,000 Days Sober, we, we teach people to change their neurological wiring to focus on alcohol's benefits over the long term as opposed to instant gratification. And then if you do that, you can realize that you can pretty much shoot down every perceived value. So a good one would be sex. So in that case, you could say, I could say in my first marriage, I had wonderful sex, right? Because I was having lots of sex, but was I really? Because when you drink really heavily, the likelihood of you remembering those intimate close moments are really nullified. So you're having sex, You come in, you think you're connected, but there's there's surely nothing more connected in a human experience than two sober people embracing and exploring and giving their all to each other sober.
0: Yes. And ironically, my mother was an alcoholic. So in my family for generations, there was a lot of alcoholism. And when she grew up, she swore she was not going to be an alcoholic like her mother. And she didn't drink until she was like 35 she had me wow. when she was 35. So maybe when she was 37. But then when she started drinking, she dated someone that drank heavily and then she was an alcoholic and that was it for her. Mm. So I grew up in that environment. So I was just like, I'm definitely not going to drink. And of course, when I was a teenager, I got drunk. I was a virgin then, but I got drunk at parties with my friends and tried it out. And you know then I just decided I just wanted to be in control and I didn't want to do that. So I actually have never had sex With alcohol
1: in my system wow wow
0: and i have experience with tantra when you're able to really have that deep deep intimacy and make a really passionate soul connection that's even better than regular sober sex that goes into like really deep levels of like you feel like you're having a soul orgasm like you really are fully seeing that person and they're fully seeing you and it's really powerful
1: i want to talk about orgasms in a little bit and definitely definitely touch upon male multiple orgasms and soul orgasm well into that kind of stuff Uh, but first I have a, a question you said about premature ejaculation now I'm fortunate in as much as my experiences of premature ejaculation were all very young and when I was young I was invariably drinking so it wasn't really that much shame attached to it as I've got older not even by doing anything, it's just naturally just goes away. Maybe it's uh, being comfortable in my own body, whatever, I don't know. But I I imagine for people listening to this who are trying to stop drinking alcohol and then they do, and then their sex life is now sober, not drunk, and bam, they get hit with premature ejaculation. It must be soul-destroying for them. So how can we help people who are suffering from premature ejaculation?
0: Just going through and kind of rewiring your brain and creating new pleasure pathways. But you've already probably already had these habits and these ways of experiencing pleasure for decades. So now you're going to want to create something new, a new way to go about it. Because you you had a a different pathway under the influence of alcohol. Mm. But now when you experience that pathway without the alcohol impeding the orgasm and delaying things, because it does that then all of a sudden you're having a different response in your body. So you want to change and alter that body response and how you relate to pleasure and how you connect with your partner. And are you, sometimes males will actually be just mentally masturbating inside their partner. They're just in their head, in their fantasy of whatever they see on porn or whatever their fantasy is. And they're inside their partner, but they're not truly connected with their partner. Hmm. Right? So So then whenever you do that and you get really wrapped up in the arousal and you're not being able to be present in the moment and really tapped into what's going in and dropping into your body and you're just up into really into the states of arousal, sometimes you can go past that point of no return and then you ejaculate. And then also for since caveman times, you know, in caveman days, people were not having tantric sex for hours because you were not going to be in the middle of the wilderness having sex for hours. You would be getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, right? That we would not have survived as a species. Mm. So even in our DNA from thousands of years, we have it where males were ejaculating more quickly. Then again, as a teenager, you ejaculate more quickly. So it's a a retraining. And I, um, I guide my clients since I'm also a nurse, I guide them on nutrition to help increase their neuroplasticity so they can have a different response to pleasure. And even just slowing down, like let's say... It's okay. Let rub your hands together. If you get your hands together and you rub them together really fast, try that. Now, pause. Now, just do it really slow and see how different it is. Take close. Now, do you notice? There's so much more sensation that you're feeling yeah. when you take your time and you go slow. Yeah. So for your female partner, your female partner is actually going to feel more sensation with slower sex. Mm. But males, because what we see in porn, and it's no shame to males. No one talks to us. No one gives us because these topics are so
1: taboo. Well, you know, you're not, no not going to be if you think about it. Even with the best parents in the world who are really open when you're reaching your teenagers to talk about sex. I'm never gonna sit down with you and talk about what we just talked about, about going nice and slow. It's just not a conversation that's gonna happen. So we do need some compassion here, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. So no judgment. So of course we turned up porn to figure things out, right? So if the if you know if you start to change up how you self-pleasure through masturbation, not use such a firm grip, sometimes do it for the point of not like prolonging or trying to edge. And doing it even with a, a semi-hard on or not being fully hard and just using different sensations so that you have a different experience and create some different pleasure responses in your body. And then when you're intimate with a, a female partner, you can do things differently and you need to take more time because female states of arousal usually takes a female 20 minutes to have an orgasm. So if a male is having an orgasm in three to five minutes, then by the time, you know, the it's like party's over before the female is even able to reach orgasm
1: mm. and if you time yourself five minutes is a long time <laughs> you know it's like come on I've got a question for you masturbation you said about the tight grip mm-hmm. so i guess masturbation toys for men are a good thing instead of the yeah. grip thinking of a yeah. flashlight for example Yes,
0: it's good, to, it's good to try that out when you're self-pleasuring and you're trying to kind of edge and delay your ejaculation and be able to last longer with your partner and have more connection. But the other thing that's going to help you the most is to start a meditation practice. Mm. Because the more meditative you are and the longer you can hold a meditative state, the longer you're going to be able to hold intimate states with your partner. Because a lot of times what happens is even for females... They can have um, challenges having orgasms too because we're overthinking, we're worrying about something that happened during the day, we're having body shame, we're worried we're judging ourselves, we're judging our partner, like all of these thoughts start to bombard us and we get very distracted and we're not being in the present moment. So when you're able to drop in and be in the present moment, when you're able to drop into your body fully and be aware of the experiences you're having, and then I teach my clients breathwork techniques and things like that to circulate their sexual energy, to breathe more and help their their arousal flow through their body, so they can actually. male clients are able to experience full body orgasms. Mm. So you know when you're able to do things like that and train, it's like a training. It's like a you know, like if you you go to a coach and you go through training to optimize your body. Your body is your instrument for pleasure, so you're just fine tuning that.
1: I guess there's a, another big aspect of this is um, leaning into your vulnerability, right? Because if you're in a relationship, which sexually wise it's dead. You could even be having sex, but it's dead, right? You're you're like you, you were saying things earlier on like mentally masturbating when you're having sex, going too quick, etc. etc. You know, we're talking from the male perspective. The female's not an idiot. They're not clueless. They they're experiencing this. So the uh, the the quality of sex and that connection is going to be missing. So when it comes to fixing porn addiction, premature ejaculation issues, uh, sexual dysfunction, just being present and wanting to have a good, intimate, connected sex life. Do you suggest that the male sits down and talks to the female or the, or the male and says, hey, I'm not happy with what's going on sexually? Or should he just work on his own s- stuff? Should he just be hiring someone like you, working on it, and then, and then it naturally er- evolving as a result of him changing? What do you think?
0: Yeah, a lot of times, you know, I work with male clients, and I have like one male client, for example, and his son just graduated college and is going on his, you know, his own life path and his career. And so, kind of like emptiness, you know, and it's changing. Now they have time to like tap in more to one another, right? And it's changing Mm. the relationship. But she's too shy to work with me. Right. And so she's really uncomfortable talking about these things with me. But when i when i work with him i guide him on things and then he says oh my wife and i we both thank you and she wants to thank you because i am able to impact and help him and then he's able to you know experience things in a different way with her and improve the intimacy mm-hmm. and yeah so it really just starts with you and then i can even help guide you to navigate those conversations and then i do also work with couples but mm-hmm. it takes males longer to learn these techniques and so Starting before you would bring your partner into it is always a good idea, too, to have some level of mastery and not to try to practice these techniques on your own first with your partner. Like, first, you need to try those things, these techniques, like lasting longer and doing it with a more, not a such a firm grip. You need to have some level of mastery that on your self-pleasure practices on your own Because if you're going and you're trying to learn something new and you're doing it with your partner, that partner, the female partner is going to pull the arousal up and it's going to be more challenging for you to master this. And then your partner, females are very intuitive. So we're going to be able to tell like you're distracted because you're going to be thinking, oh, I'm doing my breathing and I'm doing this and I'm trying to do that and let me try to wait. And so you're not fully connecting and dropping in and we just literally feel like you're just masturbating our body. Like we're just laying there like we didn't even, isn't even necessary for us to be present. Mm -hmm. And then, then the male can get frustrated because they're not building these skills on their own and they're trying it first with a partner, which is the most challenging thing to try to do. You're just setting yourself up for failure. And then... Both people get frustrated and sometimes females get really upset with their spouses because their partners, because they don't know the partner's trying to do this on their own. And then they can cause a lot of conflict in the relationship because you do, when you want to start having this experience with a partner, you do need to have a conversation with them and let them know you're retraining your body. You want to be able to bring them more pleasure and experience more intimacy and connection with them, that you love them and they'll be honored. You know, they'll be happy that you want to do that and that you're thinking about them.
1: It is still a a minefield though, isn't it? I'm thinking here, I'm very fortunate that I am very open and I trust my wife enough to tell her everything that's going on in my mind. So I will tell Liza when I'm on a porn sabbatical, I will tell Liza when I'm not on a porn sabbatical. But one thing we don't talk about is carving out time to masturbate. And, and, and in our house, like, we share a bedroom with a three-year-old. So that's not going to happen. We share a house with our in-laws. So, like, in a way, you're kind of sneaking around to get it done, which builds to the shame, like, you know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest. You, if you feel like you want to <laughs> masturbate and you're a man in a house like this, like, I'm sneaking off to the toilet and, you know, I'm on the floor in the toilet. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like... How do you have those conversations with your wife to say, hey, I think masturbation is a really important thing. And um, yeah, we need to be having time to do it. Or should we just be sneaking around or taking advantage of the time when it presents itself?
0: Well, take advantage of the time when it presents itself. But the other part of that is that you, it's almost like when you have kids, it's like you're playing red light, green light, right? And so you need to just be able to take that time and make, I say, make a master date, you know, make time with them. I mean, is there any time that you can get away? Is there,
1: we started you know, to do, we babysitter? started to do that. Yeah. We started to Have do that for the first time. Some in, romance. Yeah. And the first time in three and a half years, we, we go out and stay the night out once every fortnight. And that, that's made a big difference. The other thing that that does, uh, and, and I'm saying this cause I think it will help people. That's not a definite we're going to have sex moment. It's a connected moment. But what it does, it prevents me running running after her like a, an amped up teenager in the week. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you said red light, green light. If for whatever reason my parents were to take my daughter for a walk or go to bed early, I'm like, boom, we got to have sex yeah, now. Really? Right? Whereas my wife's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not I'm having sex when my parents are upstairs in the bedroom, you know? So it's so that, that that having that every other week where we're going away. I now the, the other thing I've realized is constantly pestering and giving off that energy is not good for our relationship, it's not good for me, it's not good for her on a personal level. So I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm just you know, if I really feel horny, I'll take care of myself, and if we skip these fortnightly of things where, well, we don't have sex for a long time. I'll talk to her about it, which I, which I always do, you know, but I am interested what happens in relationships where you have one person who really, really wants to have sex and the other person doesn't. Is there ever a moment where the person should have sex when they don't want to, or is that a taboo and they should have their boundaries and they should never uh, let that go? What's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, the 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 thing that happens with that is if you have sex when you're really not feeling like it, you start your body starts to resent you a little bit nice. because you're not honoring your own boundaries. And so then if it's not that pleasurable because you're not able to relax and you're just trying to do things quick because females usually don't want things to go really fast. And so then you're like, okay, it's like they're doing everything just for your pleasure and their pleasure is like not a priority. And both partners' pleasure needs to be a priority. So there can start to build a resentment and then that could lead to her being more turned off. A lot of times, sometimes with females, I know for me, I need the anticipation. I need to know that there's a date night. I need to know that there's time carved out for us. And then I can start getting my brain and my mind looking forward to that. I'm not going to all of a sudden, just because my parents walk out the house, all of a sudden be ready to be turned on because women's state of arousal is different. So you really have to make that commitment and show her that you're a priority because when you were dating, you just wouldn't expect to run over to her and just have sex with her really quick, right? You would take the time and take her out to dinner and to do those things. But then sometimes when we have children, we have those responsibilities, we stop doing that. And that is really hard on your marriage. Mm
1: it yeah. can impact
0: your intimacy. It can impact desire.
1: I did an and Esther. Esther
0: Perel is a I was, great.
1: I was just going to say that. I did an Esther Perel course and she talked about, yeah. she redefined eroticism for me. And I realized that there was no eroticism in my relationship. And that exactly. that's changed everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you got to create that between the two of you for sure.
1: Two more things about masturbation that I wanted to touch upon. Um, And then I would like to talk to you about thinking Grow Rich, if that's all right. Um, I told you on a six-month porn sabbatical. Mm -hmm. In that time, I've masturbated twice. And the reason that I broke my vow is because I get agonizing blue balls. So when I made the vow, I don't know why... Something happens to me that never happened to me when I was younger. It's almost cyclical. Liza will pass me and I feel an incredible biological urge to have sex with her. I've never had that in my life before. And then because I'm in this newfound state where I'm not going to pester her and I'm in this situation and I'm not masturbating, I, I let it go. And then, man, I'm walking around. With stomach ache, um, so then I have to I have to do deal with the do. Do you do you have any tips for people who like me? I try not to use masturbation. You know, they they, they just want to, I want to keep all my sexual energy just for my wife. And do you have any advice around the blue balls phenomenon?
0: Well, when I teach my clients how to separate their orgasm from their ma- their ejaculation, so they can be multi orgasmic. Part of what I'm teaching them is breathwork techniques, pranayama, ancient practices and tools. And so that you can circulate that arousal energy through your body. So the energy doesn't just stay congested in your pelvic region. So then that helps to eliminate the blue balls because my clients are not ejaculating and draining their vital force energy, but because they know how to circulate their sexual energy and their orgasmic energy and have full body orgasms and feel charged up by them, then they are not having the blue ball.
1: So breath work. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that, that has happened to me uh, recently, I would say in the last year, is when I'm masturbating, I, I suffer from anor- anorgasmia. So mm-hmm. for people listening to this, um, especially the, the men, I'll try to describe it. So I, I'm building up towards an orgasm, And then just at that moment where I'm about to jump on the roller coaster, something happens almost like it's in my testicles and it derails me and Mm -hmm. I ejaculate, but, but the power of the orgasm is like a minus five. It's like, it's barely perceptible, but when I have sex, that's not present. And I Googled the hell out of it. Not many people are talking about this. I don't know if it's a physical thing with my age, a prostate thing, or whatever it is. Have you come across it in your in your practices, anogasmia?
0: Well, yes. And you know, whenever you're with your partner, one, you're so aroused, like you have such a huge turn on for her that even you get so aroused just when she's walks past. I do, you. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. So and then the energy, her sexual energy, when you're connected together is gonna to be pulling your orgasm more out. That's why it's challenging when males don't want to ejaculate they can master it uh, as a solo practice. But then when they are with the female, the female doesn't understand what they're trying to do because females, even when I was appreciating the fact that my partner wasn't ejaculating and he could have sex with me for hours. At the same time, my ego wanted him to ejaculate because females were trained to think that that's how we know that our men are satisfied. Like We did a good job. Right. So I, then I started almost trying to sabotage him And he could tell energetically and he had mastered this. He'd been already training before I met him and he'd already mastered this for a year. So his practice was really strong. Mm. And he was like, why are you trying to do that? Because I was like really trying to pull with like my sexual energy and pull that. So you have to have an agreement and have the female partner also has to get out over her ego and know that you are still enjoying her and that, you know, the end of sex isn't ending ejaculation right now the part where you're doing it on your own and everything is what i was talking about earlier is there it, it can be it can be reversible but there can be like a vagal nerve neuropathy that is um associated with whenever there, you you've drank consumed heavy amounts of alcohol okay and so because that could have impacted those you know, anatomically those nerves, and that's like in the gonads, you know, then that could contribute to that because the neurotoxic effects from heavy alcohol consumption over a long period of time. It is encouraging, though, that you are able to experience it with her. So it's not like something that you're having either way, right? Another thing too, that even stops females from having that females can have this where they're not able to have a full orgasm is your breath. So again, breath work practices are really powerful. So your breath is whenever, you know, if you notice right before you're about to have orgasm, we usually tense up, mm-hmm. especially females, like we'll just tense up. Mm-hmm. And whenever you tense up, you're restricting. Orgasm is not about restricting. Orgasm is about surrender and relaxation. So you want to be able to relax. And if you're starting to have this in your mind as getting a little worried about it, then that's where the meditative practice would also be beneficial.
1: It's to help you sense. to stay in a more
0: relaxed state. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to remind yourself in those moment, moments right before orgasm, instead of tensing up and holding your breath and breath holding, try to stay more relaxed and then do nice deep breaths. And whenever you want her to have more powerful orgasms, you can tell she's about to have an orgasm right off for her, like... Have her mirror you and have her match your breath and encourage her to breathe deeply with you and not to tense up. And what you do is you have more oxygenated blood flow and then you're not constricting the blood flow and then you're not eliminating eliminating and decreasing the oxygen levels to the already limited blood flow.
1: Mm. And then
0: if people have a history of smoking, then they can enhance this because it can even be a double whammy because the nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. And then if you smoke, you have decreased oxygen levels in your blood already, and you have more carbon dioxide levels. And so that can impact it. arousal and erections as well.
1: This is really, really helpful. I hope this is helping people. It's definitely helping me. It reminds me of when Preston Smile says, how you behave and act in one thing is how you behave and act in everything. Because now listening yes. to you, I can see how far removed my Sexual practice, intimacy, masturbation, everything to do with sex, how removed that is from the rest of my life. Because if we just talk about the um, masturbation and the orgasm for example, I just told you that there are times in the past when I when I was masturbating that I would hide in the toilet and to masturbate because I was really turned on and felt like that I needed to do this, right? Well, think about what's going on in that moment. It's like you don't want to get caught. You've got to be quick. So you're tense as you can be to get it done as quickly as possible, which is everything you don't want to be. But if you, uh, you know, lead into your – your make your holistic health practice truly holistic, carve out some time for yourself. Watch some Andrew Blake porn. Don't strangle the hell out of it. Take your time and practice and have your breath work. With- I imagine the whole experience, including your orgasm and everything else, is going to be a lot healthier.
0: Yes, most definitely. Mm. Most, of, And use it as a ritual. Like sometimes we will, like for females, I have to guide my female clients. And whenever they masturbate, not to do things quick too, because they can have a tendency to do everything. We know what works for us. And we go from point A again to point B very quickly. Mm. And again, like when you're in the bathroom, there's some shame in there, tension. And it's almost going back to the teenage days where you're trying to do everything really fast. Right. Mm. But for females, I'm just like, you need to have an invitation to romance yourself, have a nice bubble bath, play some nice music, give yourself a sensual massage experience, do pleasure mapping, experience different pleasure sensations, uh, a touch on your body and see how your body responds and take your time and make it like a self love self pleasure practice. Because when you're your own best lover, you're going to be a better lover to someone else. And you're also, if you're single, you're going to attract a better lover by being your own best lover. So as a female, we would be offended if our partner would only last a few minutes, but then we go and we do that with ourselves Mm. and we don't give ourselves the quality time that we deserve. Mm. And I would say, you know, try to make some time and create some time with intimacy with your wife that doesn't have to do with sex, with sex Mm. being off the table, just giving her a nice massage at the end of the day, kissing her. You know, just bringing in elements of passion, even, even psych, you know, even like telling her you don't even have the end goal of having sex. Like, I don't want to have sex. Take that pressure off because when you approach it almost like a teenage boy and you're like, I want to have sex. I'm going to have sex. We're we going to have sex. Then she's constantly having to energetically kind of block you because the situations aren't in a, at a comfort level for her. So she's always being on guard. You don't want her to be on guard with you. You want her to be able to relax and drop that guard. So if she knows that you can come up and give her a kiss, and you just really care and love on her, and you're just honoring her as being, you know, the goddess, your partner, you know, and you want to just show her love and intimacy and connection. Then she's going to be able to relax, and then that's going to be more of a turn on where she's going to start longing and she's going to start wanting more from you. But when you're always in that state of like, okay, no, and you're keeping your guard up and watching your boundary and this and that and playing red light green light all the time it's way different then you've got to create that space for that intimacy to keep the desire to keep that spark alive
1: mm. yeah the, the other thing the um couple of things come up there in my mind when you were talking was uh you know a woman's gotta connect with herself sexually before she can allow herself to connect with another guy that's a piece of work there in itself the mm-hmm. other thing that i was uh thinking of was not only when you're chasing and being this little pesky teenager, is she producing a lot of energy trying to block you away, which then prevents the energy of like wanting to connect with you from emerging. But you're also, well, my experience is that I then go into my inner child and then that leads to conflict. So by behaving like that way, I'm ended up in conflict when my goal in life is not to have conflict. So something to think about if anybody else is experiencing the same as I do when I act like a little kid.
0: It's okay. I mean, you're very passionate about her. You're very attracted to her. So, and your situation is that you don't have a lot of opportunities. So you're just like, it's a real male energy. It's like focus. There's opportunity, execute, make it happen. Like that's a very male energy. Mm. Feminine energy is more of a flow, a flowing. We want to take time. We want to be warmed up. We want to be romanced. We want to get dressed up. We want to go somewhere nice. We want to like not have the child to worry about. So we can get out of the mother role, get out of being the daughter role, get away and actually create that space where they can be your partner Mm. and that you can go on a date and create that passion.
1: The other thing I wanted to mention to people there. You know, you, you might be like resistance when it comes to overcoming alcohol. Resistance yeah. is your number one enemy. And right now, resistance might be telling you, I ain't going to stop drinking alcohol because my sex life is wonderful, right? And I don't want all these problems that kind of come, up, come around when I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I want to tell you what a wonderful gift it is to be able to work with your partner on this. And you will never work with your partner on this if you continue to drink alcohol and have what you think is great intimate sex. Because sex is, you can't just, com- you can't just compartmentalize sex it's an integral part of your connective, your intimacy, your bond between two people. So you have to do this work if you want a fulfilling, connected, beautiful, intimate relationship. And, and you should look at it upon that and work with people like Dominique together or on your own or separately, whatever, and really explore something new. Because for a lot of us, because it's taboo, it will be new.
0: And the thing is, if you continue your heavy drinking, even though you think right now your sex is going to be good, when you start having the neurotoxic effects and then you can have diabetes and other diseases that are linked to this, you're not going to be so sexy and your sex life may be non-existent. So for the long term of your sex life and your sexual health and just your physical health, it really is, it's really so important for your longevity, for your lifespan, for the quality of your life. Your relationships, because you you may think everything is okay, but you're just numbing out and disconnecting with alcohol. So why are you using that? What are you escaping from? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid to connect intimately with someone? You know why is it that that is your choice? What are you having shame about? Like there's something there that you're choosing that to numb yourself and disconnect. And a, a life that you're where you're disconnected is not a fully lived life.
1: No, not at all. Thank you for that. And I just want to spend a few minutes before I let you go talking about Sink and grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. If, yes. if, nobody, if nobody's read that book, folks, I, I, when I read it, I laughed at the end of it because I was like, oh, my God, every single self-help book that's ever been made in the history of time all has roots in this guy's book. It was like, it's almost like it was the first ever self-help book. And I remember the sexual transmutation aspect of it. And at the same time, I was reading uh, Stephen Chang's The Taoist Sexology, and I don't yes, know. I, I don't. I, I don't know which book that's in. You got it, have you? Right. I've got to say this: the best line in the Dao of Sexology by Dr. Stephen Chang was the list of when not to have sex, <laughs> and it said, "Do not have sex in the middle of a battlefield." <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "Man!" I, and I loved the exercises where I was trying to lengthen my penis. I used to do that regularly. I'm not sure if it worked or not, but I did try that. But anyway, there there was. A moment there where they talked about the powerful energy that is that we release in semen, like how much nutrition, how much energy is in it. And then when it leaves our body, while we get all drowsy and fall asleep and how, if we're smart, we can use that to our advantage and, and use that sexual energy. Now guys might be thinking, yeah, but I'd like to come, right? So I practiced how to how to have an orgasm without ejaculating. It works for me. I know how to do it. Honestly, I don't get the same powerful orgasm, but it's probably, I need some techniques there. But can you just talk about how you got into that work and uh, how men can learn to harness the the extreme power of sexual energy?
0: Oh, yes. I'd love to share. Um, I was, I've been a nurse for many decades. And since I was 19, I started my nursing career. That was part of me being codependent and a caretaker for my mother. So that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had been an alcoholic. So you don't realize too, when you're alcoholic, how this is impacting your children, your spouses, your family relationships. But anyway, then when I was in my forties, uh, as far as I was being very, you know, there wasn't a lot of sexual shame in my home. My mom would talk to me openly about sex. And so that's why I'm so easy. It's easy for me to talk about and, um, I became like Samantha on sex in the city and I was very promiscuous and a lot of conquests and i was living in LA and I was like a kid in a candy store with all the gorgeous men in LA and I was having a, such a fun time. And I had years before bought a book when I lived in Texas, my, where I was born and raised, I bought a book, the idiot's guide to tantric sex. But I shelved it being the idiot because I thought I bought it. And I was like, oh, when I find a partner that will want to do this, I can, I can learn about it. But I put it on the shelf when I got home. And if I would have opened it and read it, I would have seen initially I could have started with solo practices. I thought that I had to have a partner, which is a misconception. Hmm. I brought it with me when I did travel nursing to California, put it on my shelf again. And then I went on this date with this, you know, beautiful man. And I did not know he had already been studying Tantra for a year. He hadn't told me. He had actually dated a Tantra coach. He had really embodied and mastered these techniques. I didn't know that. He didn't tell me before we hooked up. So when we're intimate together, and I'm not on any drugs or alcohol, neither was he. And when we were together, we were able to have sex for hours, but not sex for hours, like a disconnected sex, like someone could have Viagra Mm. And have sex for hours, but you're not fully present and connected with that meditative mindset where you're really dropping in with that person, where you have deep intimacy, where you're able to make eye contact and all of those things. Mm. Or I've had sex with people that I've had 20 orgasms before, and then later they tell me, Oh, I was thinking of math equations in my head. Again, they're disconnected. They're physically doing something with me, but they're disconnected here. So even though I got 20 orgasms from that experience, I still never was intimate with again him again. And he still decades later later tries to contact me, but I still did not have that connection, that soul that, you know, it didn't really do that much for me because I was like females like we like our heart. We like we respond. Our, we're more orgasmic when our hearts are open, actually. Mm. So that's a whole other discussion I could go into. Um, so when I was with him, it was like this way of being connected. And I could tell that he was fully relaxed, like he was not worried in the back of his mind. I could feel energetically like he wasn't worried if he was going to have an orgasm too quickly. He wasn't worried about anything. He was just very confident and sure of himself. And he was able to really hold space for me just to fully enjoy the moment and be fully present with me and honoring and being really connected with me and we're breathing together. And it was almost like I'm the goddess and he's just adoring me and worshiping me as I continue to have orgasm after orgasm literally for hours we had sex for five hours wow it felt like maybe i knew a lot happened time on the timeline a lot of things had transpired but it was like so much fun you know how they say time flies when you're having fun when you're in the zone like timeless it felt like maybe 20 minutes passed by max and then you look at the clock and you're like wow five hours Mm. like we're so blissed out it is such a magical experience i was like whoa what the heck just happened you know so the next morning, he says, hey, will you come back and see me again tonight when you finished? What you got to do today? I was like, shoot, is that a question? I'm here. I'm yeah. totally- <laughs> and so I returned the next night and I find out it's not a fluke. Like he's totally able to do the whole same thing again. And I was like, whoa, like, so after again, this whole, you know, experience with him, when we were done, I just sat up in the bed and I just looked him in the eye and I said, I just want to clone you and give one of you to all my friends. Cause I have been giving my friends sex tips for years. Mm. But at this point I was like, I'm not even sure how to begin to tell them how to ever have this experience. I know my friends haven't had this experience and I actually felt very sorry for my friends. So even though my friends were already telling me I should write a book about my adventures, even though I was giving sex tips, even though my older daughter would tell me someday I was going to be on TV talking about sex when she saw me watching Sue Johnson on Oxygen of talking sex one day, and because Sue Johnson's a nurse too. And, you know, my friends would call me a sex sexpert. I was merely, and I was having sex better than 90% of the people that I knew. I was merely scratching the surface of what was possible for me to experience with pleasure. Literally changed my life. And I wasn't trying to have an awakening or whatever. But I literally like the energy flowed up through me and I like my third eye open. I literally had an awakening completely transformed my life. Like that person was a huge catalyst in my life. And then later introduced me to his ex, who was my first Tantra teacher. Cause he says, you're naturally Tantra without knowing what it is. Like you naturally, it's like, you've done this in your past lifetimes or something like, you know about this and it's the most beautiful thing. So now I've become really passionate about helping men know this because they have no idea how this is actually like sexual healing, how beautiful this can be for the female partner when the male knows and has these skills and has this ability. It's like pleasure is medicine. And so it really transformed my life, changed my life path. And now I'm working less and less as a nurse and I'm working more and more as a doing tantra coaching because this is the tool, these are the tools that really open hearts. I had assisted a lot with open heart surgery, did a lot of cardiac um, care and that the heart always fascinated me. I was like, this is what opens hearts. This is what changes lives. And I was really frustrated taking care of people at the end of their life when they had regret and, um, they had fears and things that had held them back. And all I can do is hold compassion for them in a moment, but there's nothing I can do to change their life path or to change the outcome of their life. Now I'm like, all right, now I have a tool where I can meet them when they're younger." and change, change the course of life. And maybe with my holistic nutrition and things like that, I teach them, keep them out of the hospital and help them live more fulfilled, passionate lives. So that's, that changed my whole life path just through that sexual experience.
1: So how did, uh, how did it come to Napoleon Hill? Okay, Napoleon
0: Hill, this is, Tantra is the art of sexual transmutation. Hmm. Nikola Tesla had studied Tantra as well. So Nikola Tesla, Einstein, Steve Jobs, Thomas Edison, they were able to tap into their creative genius through sexual transmutation. Our sexual energy is our most creative energy. It is our life force energy. We were created from sexual energy. So we can create the life that we desire by knowing how to focus this energy. So it's like you have your sexual energy. And if you have like a light bulb, and it's just like a 100 watt light bulb, it can light up the room. But if you know how to focus the energy, so if you get that same hundred watts and you focus it into like a laser light, it could cut through steel. Completely different because you know how to focus it. Mm. So with sexual transmutation, you know, you lose use techniques. I teach my clients breath work, how to strengthen your pelvic floor, which also help with your orgasms and your know, strengthen your erections. I teach them the massaging so they do lengthen and uh, their penis, and they get more sensation and um, arousal to the er- to that area. And I teach them how to tap into that energy, to know how to connect with it, to know how to increase it and build it, get rid of energy leaks and how to circulate it through their body and then not to ejaculate and lose all that vital nutrition and life force. Cause literally your semen is, can make hundreds of babies, right? It has the capability and it has all the DNA and everything. So it's almost like that's how men lose their fluid. I mean, their energy, they leak it out through ejaculation. Females lose energy through pregnancy and through menstruation. But when we have an orgasm, it goes inward. And so we're energized by it. And that's why after an orgasm, we can be more talkative. Now males, after an orgasm, when it goes outward and they ejaculate and they have that, that body fluid loss that's going to have to be rebuilt and replaced and they have to build up reserve again, which takes more energy, then they feel more drained and then they fall asleep more quickly. So when you are constantly, this is where porn comes in and frequent masturbation comes in. And when you're mindless and not aware of it, when you're frequently masturbating, when you're frequently ejaculating, then you're always losing your life essence and your creative energy, your life force energy. You're just throwing it away, throwing it away, throwing it away. Now I train with Master Montauk Chia who's been teaching this for 40 years. He teaches the ancient Taoist practices. And so I teach that as well. They did a thing with these certain worms that have a lifespan of like 28 days. They got the worms and they did like a little modification, a snip-snip, so that they wouldn't ejaculate when they had sex. The worms, they did a control. The worms that were not ejaculating when they would, when they would mate, they were living like their lifespan was either doubled or tripled. And mm. ancient Taoist techniques, they believe that the reason that the female lifespan on average is longer than males is because males lose a lot of their life force energy through frequent ejaculation. So sexual transmutation is law of attraction and turbocharging your law of attraction and what you're wanting and what your your passions and your desires and your goals are and fueling that with your sexual energy, which is your life force energy and using your intention. And so being smart and focused about where you're putting your life force, where you're putting your most creative energy, where you're directing it. So then you actually have that extra oomph to go for your goals, to to grab life grab life fully and live passionately and not always be like drained and depleted and building yourself back up again. And then you're like on a hamster wheel and then you just constantly oh I've got to go see porn again. I'm addicted. I'm gonna have this habit. Let me mindlessly masturbate. Oh now I've lost my now I don't have the motivation to do what I wanted to do. Oh now I'm just gonna go fall asleep. Oh now I'm gonna go grab a beer. And then what are you gonna do at the end of your life? What how are you gonna feel when you take your last breath? You're gonna waste all of your potential Are you going to not connect with people and have good relationships? Are you not going to have a good relationship with yourself. Because, and the other thing I teach my clients, number one, self-love. You are your longest lasting relationship from your first breath to your last breath. So work on that. You deserve your love more than anyone else. And a lot of times how our inner world impacts our outer world and how you care about yourself and love yourself is going to be how you have relationships with other people. If you want to improve with your relationships with the people around you, work on the relationship with yourself first and
1: foremost dominique i love that i've loved our conversation i've got so much to do later on so much to discuss with my lovely wife and um this saturday night is my date night so i'm going to be i'm going to be very mindful i'm going to be trying a few of these things out and uh i'll uh, tune back in and let you know how we're doing um Everybody listening to this, if you want to know more about Dominique and to work with her and get in touch with her, then head over to www1000 Sober to the podcast page. There will be a specific podcast page there for Dominique. You'll get all of her details and there will be show notes and a special workbook that we will create, giving you uh, some questions to ask and to deepen your knowledge of what Dominique's been talking about. Dominique, thank you very much for being a guest. I've loved it. It's been amazing. We'll have you on again, if that's Okay.
0: Yes, I would love that. And I also want to share, I'll share a link with you that's the excerpt of chapter eleven from Napoleon Hill's book. And his book was printed in the nineteen thirties. That's why so many books followed it with that information. But I have an excerpt on YouTube of where it goes through and will read to you that chapter eleven that's based on sexual transmutation.
1: Yeah, send me that link. We'll get it in the show notes. It'll be fantastic. Thank you very much, Dominique. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Alcohol Addiction Podcast. Now, before you run away, just a few things, okay? So, the next time we run the 1,000 Day Sober Experience, our program that guides you and helps you to become 1,000 Day Sober, so that's 2.7 years, folks, right? It's the only long-term program in the world where we're with you constantly to help and guide you through the six stages of the stride model for change. We get you through being stuck. We get you through thinking and the ambivalence around drinking alcohol. We get you through the research space of making some change. We get you through the change. We manage you through that change. And then after that, with alcohol in the rearview mirror, we help you to evolve, to live a fulfilled life, to do that incredibly important post-recovery work which so many people, so many organizations out there dismiss or just don't even cover at all, right? So we got you back for 1,000 days. The next time we run an experience will be in July, but do not wait until then. The best thing that you can do right now is to get over to www.1000daysober.com and sign up to be a member of Strive today okay it is 40 pounds a month subscription that includes uh, the 1000 day sober experience. It includes uh, online workshop, it includes online meetings. it includes guidance from our ambassadors. It includes one-on-one meetings with our incredible strive coaches who are uh, skilled at a vast array of important elements of your life that are gonna drive up and increase your physical and mental health. And by joining now, you get used to the environment, you get used to the community, you get used to the people and by the time July comes along, you'll be firing on all cylinders, kind of roaring to get into the 1000 days sober experience. So do that today, really, really important. If you want to get the show notes for today, the show notes are exceptional folks. You get the show notes from today's episode. You want to get a full transcription of today's episode. And you want to get a special workbook um, that will give you some some fun and interesting questions based on today's episode that you can help that will um, one-up your life, right? Then get over to www.1000daysober.com. You will find the link there and sign up, give us your email address, and we will give you uh, we will give you these things free of charge, okay? And on that 40 pounds a month, if you do not have the money, if you are struggling financially, then email me at alcohol at gmail.com and we'll figure something out. Do not let money get in your way of becoming 1,000 days sober. And just because we go 1,000 days sober, right? right, don't be worried about that if you're not quite ready to quit yet. The first stage of the strive model for change is called stuck. The second stage is called thought And we do not expect you to stop drinking whilst you're doing that work. And that will take you a good four to five months. So you get a lot of grace. We will meet you where you're at in your addiction to alcohol. Don't worry about that, okay? We take on everybody. People who are desperately trying to stop drinking and people who have stopped drinking and they just want help putting their life back together, okay? Um, Lastly, if you enjoyed listening to Alcohol Addiction Podcast, then please rate and review it on your local provider, whether that would be Apple or SoundCloud or whatever. Uh, just give us a nice review and some nice stars. You can find us on Instagram at 1000daysober.com or 1000daysober. And you can find us on YouTube, 1000daysober as well. All right. Take care sales folks. Ciao, ciao.